Welcome to AUKUS Amplified from the American Association of Hip and Knee Surgeons, advancing hip and knee patient care through education, advocacy, research, and outreach. Hello and welcome to AUKUS Amplified. Today, we will continue our discussion of injections for the treatment of knee osteoarthritis. Last time we talked about hyaluronic acid and cortisone injections, and today we will talk about PRP and stem cells. We will discuss the evidence regarding the treatment with the various injection options. My name is Michael Blankstein, and I will be your host. I'm an orthoplasty trauma surgeon at the University of Vermont, and my guests today again are David Decky and Ian Murray. Welcome, guys, and let's continue our conversation. Good. Let's get into the newer ones, even more controversy there. Let's talk about PRP, platelet-rich plasma. David, give us some background. Yeah, so platelet-rich plasma is taken by taking a sample of your own blood and spinning it down in a centrifuge, which separates it into its different components. And then we take that component of just that plasma and we then re-inject that back into whatever joint or tendon that has the disease or the arthritis or the tendinopathy. And the thought process is, is that it has an anti-inflammatory effect in that joint. So it comes and it puts those cells that can decrease the inflammation where they can do so. And so I think Ian probably can speak to it better, but the whole process takes about 10 to 15 minutes. And the thought is that this higher concentration of growth factors and cells can help contribute to the healing of the tissue and pain relief. But like we said, it's not going to reverse the arthritis in your knee. Got it. And it's tough to explain. Um, so uh, just because of, of, of the concept here, Ian, how do you explain to patients? It's tricky. I even struggle when I have to really yeah. explain the process. Yeah. Well, yes. So, as the name suggests, PRP is really any preparation taken from a patient's blood where the concentration of the platelets is higher than normal. And so that really could be whether you have two times the number of platelets, it could be whether you have 30 the number of platelets, and so the term PRP really represents a very broad spectrum of preparations. And there's multiple different manufacturing types, all of which make different concentrations of platelets, never mind the concentration of the other cells that we discuss. So really no two PRP preparations are the same. And that's before you even consider that everyone's blood's different. We know that the growth factors, which are the molecules within your blood that can have some of the effects that we want, varies. It varies on your weight. It varies on your sex. It varies on what you had for breakfast. So all of these preparations are really, really different. But the bottom line is they are preparations from whole blood, which have higher than normal platelet counts, and they contain a range of other molecules that we hope will have some kind of a positive effect in your knee. And as David says, principally reducing inflammation. So in some ways, it's like a natural form of a steroid injection. 
Exactly. And so just for those to we're trying to get the uh, again a better understanding of this, it's your own blood that we then we concentrate and then we inject your own blood back into the side that needs it. In this case, it's the knee. And what's the evidence there, Ian? Well, the interesting thing about PRP is that when we first knew about PRP, we knew that there were molecules within that complex soup that in the, the, in the laboratory environment was able to help grow cartilage. It was able to have a really positive effect. But what we have found is that none of the major studies that have been done have been able to show that PRP has any structural effect of improving that or reducing the arthritis in your knee. But what we have found is that there is an effect in reducing symptoms. And in fact, there have been over 40 randomized controlled trials, all of which have shown a benefit over baseline and over half have shown a benefit over controls. So whether that be steroid or hyaluronic acid. Now, most of these studies are looking at data that's maybe at one year or two years. So we don't know, really, we don't have a good idea in the longer term. But there is evidence that would suggest that in the shorter term, platelet-rich plasma can reduce the symptoms that you're having from arthritis. Thank you. But again, it doesn't regrow or regenerate the cartilage, right? It just helps with the symptoms. That's correct. And the other thing that's very challenging is we talked about all these different preparations of PRP and how we know that there's different types of arthritis and all of the data has all been lumped into one. So it doesn't necessarily mean it'll work for you. Now, the other thing that we haven't discussed at all this, this afternoon is other reasons why studies might show benefits. And that might be whether there were industry that were supporting these studies who might have a vested interest in showing benefit. And, and that's, I think, why everyone's interpreting all these quite positive results for PRP with caution. One, because the data, because the studies have shown quite variable results. And secondly, um, because of the worry that there might be other factors that are affecting the, the studies. But again, I think a key point to make is that PRP has shown to be quite safe other than the very rare risks of infection, there have been very, very few reports of other things that can go wrong. And in fact, I say to my patients that, you know, the, the major damage or risk is to your wallet, because again, certainly in the UK, and they're not covered by insurance, and certainly it's not offered routinely in our National Health Service. Exactly. And you're highlighting something that's really important. We do have to understand that there are incentives here. Some people make money off these things. There's also the real effect of placebo. Placebo is a real thing. And also there's a bias of a study depending on who's running it and what you want data to be. Exactly. Just one last thing before we move on to stem cells. Is, is that something you can also do every three months like you would the cortisone injection? How does that work? Well, some of the studies, I think with PRP, there is less of a concern in turn, and I, I, I defer to you guys who are the joint replacement specialists, but there's perhaps slightly less of a concern about infection in the long term with implanting joint replacements. But in terms of the number of injections, again, that's an area of controversy. Some studies have shown that better results come from those 
those who have had three injections, often spaced by a couple of weeks. I personally uh, feel that the cost is so high to patients that if they have no benefit from one injection, I'm reluctant to keep persevering. But certainly, um, I don't think there is a theoretical limit to the number of injections that you are having as long as they are producing benefit that you feel taking on the risks of having the injection makes it worth it. Okay, guys, as if we haven't had enough controversy, let's get into the best topic of all, which is stem cell injections. Definitely not ready for prime time. Definitely something that we're still learning as a community, and we'll all admit that to you. So if somebody's telling you they know exactly what they're injecting in your knee when they inject the stem cells, they, they might not be sharing everything. So David, talk to us about stem cells and what you know what's that supposed to do? So this is a tough question, a tough ask. I would say whilst the thought is that stem cells are what we would say an undifferentiated cell. So a stem cell can become any cell in the body is the thought. And so taking these, basically these cells that have the potential to become any cell and the hope would be that you take this baby cell and put it in the knee and it regrows the cartilage on your knee. It becomes the cartilage cells that recoat your knee and take your knee from being arthritic to having no arthritis. That would be the, the theory of stem cells for treating knee arthritis. Yet, I think while that is a great thought, we haven't been able to show that that is possible. And so the concept would be to take cells from your own body and isolate just those stem cells, put them back into your knee and regrow cartilage in your knee. Yet we don't have any proven way to tell those stem cells that we inject into your knee that they should become cartilage cells or that what we're injecting into your knee is actually even stem cells in the first place. And so up to this point, there's been no proven evidence in the literature showing that we are able to do this, that we can prevent or delay the progression of arthritis in your knee, and that basically the benefits from these injections outweigh the risk or the cost. Got it. Ian? Yes, well, I would suggest to any patient that anyone who attempts to sell you something and call it a stem cell, I would take caution at that because the cells that we are referring to in orthopedics or the, the treatments that are currently available, very few, if any of them, actually contain true stem cells. So true stem cells in a scientific term would suggest that these are cells that can become multiple different cell types and they can renew themselves, they can replicate themselves. And they have to be able to be showing to do that in the application that they're being used. And so none of the cell types that we are talking about that are currently available have evidence to suggest that they are actually being implanted in the body and becoming cartilage or renewing themselves. None of the studies even show that they hang around for long after they've been injected. So none of these cells that are being advertised as stem cells are actually true stem cells. 
and it is now widely accepted that that term should not be used because it's confusing for patients. It's confusing for you because it suggests to you that they are behaving like a stem cell or how you would consider a stem cell to be. So I would urge caution that if you see an advert for a stem cell or someone using that term, I would just take stock, really, because these cell treatments, although we might find that some of them have benefits, there's no evidence to suggest that they're behaving like stem cells. And so, if anything, we always encourage surgeons and doctors to stop using the term stem cell. And so if they're using them to you to try and sell a product, then I would also, I think that would be a small alarm bell in my head. Yeah. And I, I think we all actually agree on that. We all agree that stem cells are not yet ready for prime time, that we still, we love the idea. We all wish we had a solution where we can inject something into the knee that's going to grow new cartilage, but we're just not there yet. And hopefully we'll get there in our lifetime. Mm-hmm. Thank you both for an incredible discussion. And to the patients, we are trying really hard to give you that magic injection. It's going to make every all the pain go away, make the arthritis go away. But unfortunately, we're not there yet. The key is to follow the data And we have to understand that at this point, we're not able to reverse the disease, but we are hopefully able to help you with your symptoms. I'm going to sum up the recommendations given by the American Academy of Orthopedic Surgeons. There's a lot of work that was put into this. Multiple surgeons reviewing most of the literature in the field, and we try to come up with recommendations that are truly based on science and data. And this is uh, what the summary says. Now, you can debate it as much as you want, but that's our consensus here uh, as a professional organization. For hyaluronic acid, there is moderate strength evidence that it is not recommended for routine use in the treatment of symptomatic osteoarthritis. For cortisone injections, there is moderate strength evidence that it could provide short-term relief for patients with symptomatic knee osteoarthritis. And for PRP, there's limited evidence that it may reduce pain and improve function in patients with knee osteoarthritis. Not much to be said about stem cells because it's yet to be defined. Guys, thank you for an incredible eye-opening conversation, highlighting some of the strengths and benefits of our field. And if you guys have any final comments, I'm happy to hear. No, Thank you very much for having me and uh, all the best to everybody. So again, thank you both for joining me for this uh, really interesting discussion on a very controversial field, in a very controversial field. And I really hope that we can uh, continue to educate our patients and help them with their pain and disability. Thank you for joining us for AUKUS Amplified. Visit AUKUS.org to learn more about how members of the American Association of Hip and Knee Surgeons educate, advocate, investigate, and perform humanitarian outreach in the field of hip and knee replacement surgery.